RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Tuesday morning is Tech Tuesday here on Reality Check Radio. Stephen Sykes is going to sound really good when you hear his voice in just a moment. Joins me to talk tech. Come on, let's hear it, Stephen. Say hello. This is my morning voice. What a nice, clear microphone sound. You've got rid of that underwater thing. <laughs> well, you, you know, um, I, I always, I'm always a sexy sounding person and sometimes it, it comes in waves, but it's a cross I have to bear. I hope you got a good deal, <laughs> is all I can say. Uh, but you're sounding lovely, crystal clear. And I suppose if we're talking about tech, we, we really should be up to spec, shouldn't we? We should be up to spec. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought, well, you know, upgrades. So uh, thank you, Kmart, for a $45 microphone. Wow, okay. You're going to have people rushing out there now. Yeah, they'll be out of stock. Um, you should be clipping that ticket. Yeah, yeah. So I was amazed with what I got for what I paid. So, um, yep, so uh, Maiden Voyage with the new microphone. Yep, though. And saying that, um, I came up through an era of audio production. I formerly trained as an audio engineer with Radio New Zealand, one of the things I did. And everyone was so fussy about every single thing to do with quality of sound. Now no one gives a crap, you know, as long as I can hear you. Yeah. Um, and people are very forgiving. And that's kind of the effect technology has, right? Usefulness and uh, immediacy. You start to forget about the pedantic things you do. Inconvenience. Yeah. Anyway, you're sounding good. For, for the money you paid, you're sounding good. All right. So last week, we were going through a whole lot of software options that basically hides you away from the big, bad, I don't know, data providers. Wolf. wolf yeah, all wolves, multiple wolves. And so you could operate your phone, still have the benefits of most of the apps, but you know, you weren't so visible, you didn't give away things, you you maintain privacy. And I know that uh, uh, quite a few people were interested in that. So what did you get back in the mailbox? Um, so a few things, mostly that um, people are wanting to have things written down. Um, there is a um, there is a blog coming um, to a reality um, check radio website near you uh, soon. Um, so those tools that I talked about and other tools that I'll talk about in the future will all be listed there um, in a nice place where you can just go look it up and um, check things out for yourself. Um, did get a message where somebody simply wrote, Stephen's our tech guru. So thank you very much for that. Uh, there you go. Validation. Already, yeah. already you've been elevated to guru status. It only took two weeks. Three yeah. Weeks. Well, yeah, you should see me on a good day. Um, somebody asked about uh, DuckDuckGo and the VPN. Well, today we're going to be talking about email and VPN, so um, hold on to that thought. Um, DuckDuckGo is a search engine. Um, I don't use that anymore. Um, in my view, they fell from grace when they started, um, uh, should we say, sifting through what you could see um, and what you could not. Um, they started filtering stuff and the way that they were working with Microsoft search engine, I thought, yeah, nah. So at that point, that's when I personally started using um, the Brave search engine. Um, yeah, you mentioned that last week. Yeah, and and somebody had had also asked about uh, using the Brave um, web browser, and yep, one hundred and ten percent use that. It's got built-in tracking, um, detecting technology already. So 
Um, yep, that's a great one to use. I use that. Plus, I also use a modified um, Firefox. Um, and the reason I use Firefox as well is that the way things are now, the vast majority of web browsers are now based upon the Chromium um, web engine. Google Chrome is based upon Chromium. Even Microsoft have basically thrown away the core engine of their um, Edge browser. And under the bonnet, it's now also a Chromium engine. Uh, Firefox and Apple Safari, for that matter, because they um, are outside of that, I am very much a believer of, you know, uh, use it or, or lose it. So that's why I use that too. And there's also, I, I talked about last time about browser isolation. So if you have to use stuff with Google, use Google Chrome. But if you're doing, the moment you do anything else that's not Google related, use a different web browser. And if you find yourself going to a website whereby, you know, it's got those captures and you've got to click on the thing that says, I'm not a robot, and then click on all the fire hydrants or the palm trees or whatever. Right. Do that in a browser where you've got no um, web history, no cookies, no bookmarks, no nothing, because the way that technology works is that it kind of tries to work out that you are a human, and humans tend to have browsing histories and bookmarks. But if you do that in a isolated browser, then um, they won't get that information about you. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> you learn something every day. Um, so they're even trying to work out if you're actually human or not by the patterns of of browsing and the sort of like the inventory of sites and things like that. That's incredible. Yeah, there's a funny cartoon I've seen around with there's this robot at work and he's sitting at a computer and goes to this website and um, he comes across one of these captures, you know, the um, this thing that says, I'm not a robot, and he turns to the human and says, oh, can you click on this for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so watch out for that. Um, Brave does, I do hear that uh, browser mentioned quite a bit now, not just you, but other people. Um, so that's obviously picking up quite a bit of, quite a user base globally. Yes. Is yeah. it? Is it out of the US? Is it a US? Uh, good question. Browser? I, we could look I, into that. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. But at the end of the day, it, it, it sort of doesn't really matter where it came from. Um, how it works under the bonnet and what it does is, is the um, important part. Yeah, the other thing is when they have these browsers have att attached search engines, how good is the search? It kind of depends on what you're looking for. Um, Google is probably the best, but at the same time, it's also the most invasive. Um, that said, there have been things that I have tried to um, find that um, Google could not, and an alternative search engine could. Right, okay. Swings and roundabouts. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, you you can actually, um, if you want to use the Google search engine without using it directly, um, go to a website called Start Page. Um, that will do uh, your Google search for you by proxy. So it'll it'll go and do the search um, without, you know, on, on your behalf, basically, as a third party. That's um, smart. You can you can do other things too, like um, in in Firefox or in Brave, in the URL bar where you would talk, typically type um, a 
you know, something to search for. Um, if in front of that you type an exclamation mark and then a lowercase g, and then hit the space bar, the following text after that gets redirected through to um, the Google search engine. And you can similarly do that with a W instead. So you go, you've got exclamation mark W space and then some search term. And that search term will be piped through to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. You don't have to go directly to the Wikipedia website and then look up an article or, you know, something like that. It's a nice little uh, keyboard shortcut. Yeah, cool. Didn't know that either. All right. So um, has that cleared the sort of the, the initial housekeeping? Before we I, get on to the yeah, I, the I, I main think stuff. Uh, we can get into some um, into some email stuff there. Yeah, I thought maybe a few years ago that email would be slightly dead by now because it would be taken over by other things, um, but th- that's not the case. I know that still the most successful campaigns, for example, are by email. the 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 best uptake of marketing online, I think, is still email. So it hasn't been knocked out yet. And I suppose it's natural because people fundamentally like to kind of write a letter. You know, it's a natural thing to do because that's really what it is, isn't it? We're just obviously yeah. short things, but, you know, it's in that style. It's in that feel. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, when you're uh, dealing with the written word, you've got time to sit and collate your thoughts and put something down in an organized fashion. Whereas, you know, if you're um, doing video calls or just regular audio chats, then everything is on the spot. And texting. Yeah. And, and it's messy. I, I'm always making mistakes. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, if, if it's 2 a.m. and you're sending drunk text or something, you know, that, that can get awkward. I don't do that. I wasn't suggesting you were. <laughs> <laughs> I am snoring. No, actually, I don't even snore really anymore since I lost all that weight. It's another story. But, uh, yeah, that, that's right. No drunken texts or tweets or posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Don't do anything drunk, actually, except have a good time. <laughs> yes. So where do we start on email? Uh, obviously, because of so many people using it, it's been around so long, there must be so many potential fish hooks in there for the unsuspecting well email is fundamentally very broken um like a lot of stuff on the internet these days you know it's it was created in a time where people thought different you know culture was different if uh back then they were aware of how we would operate as a society today I'm certain it would have been made very differently. Um, you know, people go and use the uh, providers like Gmail, Hotmail, Microsoft, N365. That's me, that. by the way. I use yeah. Gmail. Okay, well. Okay. Um, they know everything about me. Hopefully, by the time I'm done, you'll uh, do something to improve that. Uh Basically, okay, let's see how you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got 10 bucks on saying I'll I'll um I'll scare you enough. Um so while you know you use these email providers that the message you're sending from yourself to to your uh, intended recipient, um it is you know end-to-end encrypted, and you, you tend to hear that um phrase thrown around a lot. Um and you know that's a good thing to have, but 
the question you need to ask is what happens when the email gets to the other end and it's at rest? Well, if you're, you know, using something like Gmail um, and, and the others, um, what actually happens is that it's often not, not encrypted at all. So like if you, um, you know, you book a, um, a ticket, an, an airplane ticket, and you receive the email from whoever you bought a ticket with, then Gmail is looking through your email and it is, it is literally reading what you say. Um, I'm I've just sparked into my mind and I can't remember the names involved, but there was a guy who, um, yeah, we was he was he Department of Defense, somewhere like that high up. He was having an affair with a with a lady um, at work, and they weren't sending emails to each other. What they were doing, they were sharing a uh, Google account, and instead of actually sending a message. Um, they would just write um, an email to each other and it wouldn't, they'd never send it. It would always be in, in drafts and that's how they'd communicate. He still got caught out. Um, and in, in the um, analogy of, you know, buying an airplane ticket, then you'll probably find that when Google reads it, it'll look at where you're flying to and go, oh, okay, so um, I'll uh, show you advertisements for hotels in the area and maybe you might want to hire a car so i'll also show you some car rental companies that you can go and, and hire and oh i see you arriving about six o'clock so you might be hungry when you get there so here's a bunch of restaurants in the area too so wow. if that, okay if, if that was a system that was actually encrypted when the message was at rest that wouldn't be possible the guy who got caught out, I'm just curious. I mean, you can't mention that without me becoming or anyone else becoming curious. So how would that information have got out? Was that some sort of security uh, operation that sort of tapped out his data? Or did someone slip up? Or I'm, I'm just trying to work out how that could have been leaked I, out. Yeah, I'll, I'll need to go back and check about that because um, it just sprung to mind um, as, as I was talking. Um, so I mean, if Defence Force, let's say, yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to get hung up on this too long, so don't worry. But if the Defence Force were suspicious or had, had had some worries and thought that it was potentially a security issue, given how high up possibly this person was, could they request that data from Google and could they provide it? I'm not saying that happened, but could that happen? Yep. Um, if you remember when I was talking about privacy the other week, um, there was the, uh, I can't remember which particular act it was, in the states but the tech companies um do collect this information and because you consciously give the information to them it's technically not yours anymore that's right you, i remember you saying that so, yeah. you, so you've, you've, you've given you've permission it up yeah 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 so oh dear um, so so basically if you're using anything you know like gmail hotmail microsoft 365 yahoo stop doing that um we'll get to you know a few uh alternatives um one one provider which people uh like to gravitate towards is proton mail um you know pe people in the freedom community and i have reservations um, about it because uh i mean yes it's it's way better than using gmail and yahoo hotmail and the like 
but um, to people who are working for three-letter and four-letter agencies, um, it's a honeypot. They know that people like ourselves will gravitate towards um, a provider like Proton because of their reputation. There was a well-known uh, situation where a French climate activist, um, the French police wanted info on him. They went to Proton um, and asked for it, and Proton said, uh, talk to the hand. So then they went to the Swiss government, and then things changed. And Is it Swiss-based? Yeah, yes, it, okay. it is, it is Swiss-based. Um, when you also sign up, they ask for your phone number. Now, if you're an anonymous email provider, then why would you be asking for a phone number? Now, you could always, you know, use a um, buy a throwaway SIM and use the phone number from that. But the fact that it's being asked for in the first place gets my spidey senses tingling. Um, yeah, that's maybe just a bit too much information if you are inclined to not be wanting to share too much information. Yeah. Um, it's so, like your phone number. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, that's that's a form of identity, your phone number. I mean, to Proton's credit, they do publish on their website um, an aggregated um, list of statistics um, regarding um, uh, they publish transparency reports. Now, if we go back to 2017, they list that they had um, 26 uh, legal court orders. They contested three, which means they complied with 23. Now, every year since then, those numbers have literally skyrocketed. Now, going up to 2022, the number of legal orders they received was 6,995. They contested yeah. 1,038 of them, which means they complied with 5,957 hmm. orders. Okay. Now, in, in the sense of the, um, the climate activists, they basically um, gave up the um, IP address. But the fact that, you know, they are getting hammered and comply with all these orders makes me wonder, well, you know, hopefully you shouldn't be able to be giving up anything at all um, if the system is built properly. But, you know, again, there's like there's the asking for the phone number and a decent built system shouldn't be asking for anything about you. It should be a zero knowledge system. And yeah. I'll get to zero knowledge systems when we get on to talking about VPNs. So, you know, if, if if Proton is, you know, maybe straddling the line and we shouldn't be um, even thinking about the the Gmails and the Hotmails and stuff like that, what does it leave us with? Well, we do have options. Um, I, I use a German one called Postio. That's spelled P-O-S-T-E-O uh, dot net. Um, they have some really good stuff. And even though, you know, Germany is a 14 eyes uh, country, the fact that they can still do what they do and still comply with the law without giving up anybody uh, is, a, is a good system. Um, another one that is also German is Tutanota, and another one, also German, um, is mailbox.org. Uh, 
Tutor Nota has some really cool built-in features as well, like um, we can do um, asymmetric encryption. But before we talk about that, um, I had a real-life scenario of um, uh, using a cool feature that Postio has. It's called uh, TLS Encryption Guarantee. So what that means is when you send an email and you have that option turned on, Postio will check to make sure that the email you send will get to the other end while being encrypted in transit. So when the email um, uh, whizzes its way through the internet, it um, checks to make sure that it will get to the other end and remain encrypted the entire time. Now, I had a scenario last year um, when mandates were happening um, and a few of us were communicating with a lawyer. I tried to send a message to said lawyer and the email got rejected because Postio said, well, you've asked me to not send an email. I can't guarantee it's going to get to the other end and I have my doubts. <laughs> so what I did then was turning off the TLS encryption guarantee. And then I sent another message that says, hey, your email's crap fix it, here's why, and then I turned it back on. I never heard back from them since, but uh, I was really surprised for two reasons. A, um, most people should be using TLS encryption on their email systems um, and should have been doing so for ages. And the fact that when you are trying to communicate with somebody, such as a lawyer, you would hope that your communications were indeed secure. Um, so this was kind of an exception rather than the norm, but it, it still um, caused me to raise my eyebrows. Um, another cool thing that Postio has, and I believe some of the other ones do it, is that not only can all your email be encrypted um, on their system while, it, while it's at rest, which means if someone comes and kicks the door and says, hey, um, I'm going to steal all, you, all your servers, uh, I'm going to get at people's information, then good luck at trying to read anything. You can also have a an encrypted uh, version of your calendar. Now, that's important because if you think about it, your calendar is a record of everywhere you've been, yep. where you're going to go, who you're that's meeting right. with, date and time, that kind of stuff. So don't um, underestimate the importance of having an encrypted calendar. Um one cool thing that I mentioned, asymmetric encryption. Now, asymmetric encryption sounds fancy, and mathematically it is very cool. Um, that uses a system called public and private keys. And you use software tools to do this. So what happens is you can communicate with somebody over an insecure channel and be reassured that the recipient of that message can be the only person who reads it. Now, the way that works is using the software tools, like if um, I create a public and a private key pair, and then with this public key, I distribute it far and wide. I want everyone to have a copy of this. And then with this public key, they write their message and with a software tool, it encrypts the message using the private, the sorry, the public key. And they send it to me. Now, the other half of that public key is the private one. Now, public key, sorry, the private key, too many P's here, 
the private key is something you guard with your with your life. You never ever give it away because that's the only thing that will decrypt the message. So if somebody else gets their hands on this message as it's being sent in transit, then they won't be able to read it unless they have a copy of my private key. Similarly, if I want to send a reply back, I use that person's public key. And then only they can receive my reply when they decrypt it with their private key. Right. Um, Tutanota has this kind of stuff built in. Um, things like Postio don't. You can use other email programs like Thunderbird, as in Thunderbirds I go, that kind of spelling. Yep. Um, and it'll do that stuff for you as well. So it's it's a good way of ensuring that the intended recipient um, is the only one who can read it. Yeah. I've got a question um, while you're here uh, to do with email. I've just remembered as you were talking. I sent, I got a mate of mine who I send emails to periodically, and it always seems to take it, him ages to see it on his email thing. And he's got his own website and uses his own um you know, email address with his name in it, you know, with uh, his, uh, the hosting he's got. It's not like a Gmail or a yeah. Yahoo or something. But it, he eventually gets it, but sometimes it takes hours, yet everyone else I send an email to gets it virtually instantaneously, and everyone else who sends emails to him gets it virtually instantaneously. So we can't work out what's going on, and it's a damn hassle, actually. While I've got you there, what could be causing that? Um. Potentially, it could be his email client, depending on how often it's checking. If it's using push notifications, it ought to be happening immediately. Um, but it sounds like he's using um, hosted email through someone else and is using um, potentially a domain name with it. So, um, he is. yeah, if that's the case, then uh, I'd be going to them and saying, hey, uh, what's going on? Um, this is a bit weird. Um, sort it out. Um, they may not be aware that there there is an issue. Yeah. Or there yeah. could be others who have it and and don't, or just haven't. Because he thinks it's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I'm saying I don't think it's me, and yeah. he's saying, well, I don't have any other problems. I think it's you, and that's yeah. kind of where we're at. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's not moving very very much further than that. Okay, well, that's a good bit of advice there or suggestions. Um, I'll. Feed that back to him. Are we ready to talk about VPNs? Almost. There was. There's yep. one thing that um, that that I do that other people might want to consider doing is um, have email aliases for different things. So uh, you might have an email address that you um, you only use for uh, friends and family, close friends and family. If you you know, typically want to sign up to some website where you, you use an email address to sign into it. Don't use your usual one. Have an alias specifically for that service. Now, if you go and buy your own domain name, um, I think I spend like 36 bucks a year, including just, um, and I can have like up to a thousand aliases that, and all the email still goes into the same inbox. So I can still read it in the one place. But this helps compartmentalize your digital life. So if you also start getting emails on um, uh, on an address that you know you've only used with one particular website, and you start getting 
emails um, from something completely unrelated, you know there's been a data breach. That's uh, that's very smart to and, do that. It's easy, but it's smart. Yeah, um, you can and you can use a catch-all address as well, so you don't have to create the alias ahead of time. It also, um, yeah, it, it it compartmentalizes your digital life a wee bit, so you can um, you can have the power of uh, when an alias you feel has get has gotten compromised, you can just simply delete it. Right. So um, they'll stop sending stuff to an address that is bouncing from their from their point of view because um, they don't like errors coming up in their system. So you've got that kind of power. And if you want to find out if your um, email address has been involved in any kind of data breach, go to the website haveibeenpwned.com. That's all one word apart from the .com part. So Pwned is spelt like the word owned, O-W-N-E-D, but change the O to a P. Have I been pwned.com? And you can stick in a phone number or an email address, and it will tell you if it has your email address or phone number has been um, involved in any kind of data breach. Wow. Because there's some powerful tools out there that, that I, that, well, I mean, some of our listeners might know about, but I'm completely ignorant of. This is great. Well, that's why I reckon, you know, everyone needs to um, uh, uplift their digital knowledge because um, as much as one might not want to admit it, that's the way the world is and uh, we need to be smart about stuff. Yeah, for sure. Pwned, is that in the Urban Dictionary yet? (laughs) Yeah, I'd say it probably is. I don't have a copy, but it it, it should be. Okay. All right. So, So that deals with email? It deals with email uh, for today. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about were VPNs, uh, stand for Virtual Private Networks. Um, there is some uh, misunderstanding about what a, a VPN does and what it doesn't do. Um, I came across um, or a friend of mine said to me that uh, an attitude she had come across was that only pedophiles use VPNs. And I thought, well, okay, in that case, that means wow. I'm not only a pedophile, that means I'm also a Ram Raider because I own a car. It also means, um, or because I, I own matches, I must also be an arsonist. And because I have sharp knives in the kitchen, I must also be a murderer as well. That sounds like a mainstream media brainwashing s- situation to me. Yeah, it sounds like that, and it also sounds like those who don't understand um, the the point of a VPN. Now, the the um, the the point of you know those examples when I talked about matches and being a ram raider because you know I own a car, so why wouldn't I be a ram raider like everyone else? Yeah, it's a hell of a stretch of the bow. It is a bit. Um, one needs to understand that correlation is not causation. You don't go and, you know, you could make the observation that every time there's a fire, the fire service are there. Oh, okay, so they must have caused the fire in the first place because they're always there. They're always present, yeah. Yeah, they're always there. And then similarly, you could say, ah, I've noticed that when it rains, there's all these people using umbrellas and wearing raincoats. It must be them. It must be them. 
All those people wearing raincoats. There's a whole lot of people are wearing masks. There must be a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that, you know, maybe in the Hawke's Bay, too many people were using umbrellas and wearing raincoats, and that's what caused Cyclone Gabriel. I, I hear Niwa is looking into that. People wearing too many raincoats. Yeah, I think they're onto that, and the umbrellas. That's yeah. their new line. Right, yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, people will be targeted for ha- um, owning too many raincoats or something crazy. It was a once-in-a-100-year umbrella event. <laughs> umbrella event. Yeah. So um, people need to realize that um, VPNs aren't silver bullets. They don't tend to encrypt um, traffic because these days most internet traffic is already encrypted and you can tell when you're web browsing if that's the case because you'll see in the URL bar it'll say HTTPS and you'll also see the padlock. Um, That said, I think it was 2017, and hopefully things have got much better since then, that Google had analyzed that the, uh, how many, hmm, got to think of the numbers here. There were a significant percentage of websites on the web that allowed another computer to talk to it in an unencrypted way. In other words, plain old school HTTP. So your web browser would go to a website and go, hey, um, Can we continue this communication securely? Can we upgrade to HTTPS? Yeah, sure, okay. And then, boom, the connection would upgrade, um, which is not what you want. You want it to be secure from the get-go. Right. Um, There has been a big push to to address this. Um, Web browsers such as Firefox will now, by default, want to talk to stuff um, securely from the get-go. VPNs are also not an internet connection. You need to have an existing connection already in order to um, make it work. VPNs do not make you invisible. They do not prevent you from getting viruses. They don't prevent you from doing dumb stuff like clicking on a phishing scan that you get in an email. Right. So what they what they do do is that they mask your internet activity from your internet service provider, your your work, your university, or whoever. It does obscure your physical location. Um, but if you've got GPS turned on, then um, bets are off at that point. So they're more for um, obscuring uh, where you are and what you're looking at. So the reason you might want to consider uh, using a VPN if you're not already is because your internet service provider, they can see what you're visiting on the web. Like if you went to go to YouTube, they could see that you're going to YouTube, but they wouldn't see what videos you were watching when you got there. Now that might sound, you know, pretty, you know, fine and benign, but what if you start going to other websites that certain people might think were questionable, you know, freedom websites or Maybe you're looking at alternative ways of looking after your health that didn't include Big Pharma. Oh, we can't have that. Yeah. yeah. And so you can easily see, you know, I talked about the metadata problem a while ago. So this is an example of metadata. Can't see exactly what you're doing, but because you've, the virtue of the fact you're looking at particular websites could be enough um, for you to start being um, put into certain boxes shall we say let's say it would be enough yeah if there was certain interest in you or whoever it would be enough and it would build 
be used to build up some sort of profile for sure. Absolutely. Yep. And goodness knows how that could be used um, now or even in the future. Um, Knock on the door. Yeah. Sorry. You want the guy over the road, not me. Yeah. I've got a VPN. (laughs) It can't be me. (laughs) Well, you need to be aware of what VPN provider you're using because, you know, like a lot of people will do, you know, you'll look around the internet, you'll read reviews to find out what's good and what's not. Be aware that some of the reviews you might be reading are actually paid for articles. So yeah. They, so How would you know? Free, they're not free from bias. Yeah. So what you're looking for is uh, something that has potentially um, gone through a third-party independent audit and that they don't um, keep logs. Now, VPN providers that operate out of Switzerland, legally speaking, they are not, or at least for the time being, required to keep logs. So I, I use two VPN providers myself. I use Nord, um, the N-O-R-D. They have a legal jurisdiction in Panama, so they're kind of outside um, the Five Eyes. They're quite popular. They've got a few um, tricks up their sleeve to prevent um, certain tracking um, and other websites from getting through to you. Go Panama. Yeah, go Panama. Um, The one I like to use is called Mulvad, M-U-L-L-V-A-D. They are Swiss-based. And they reported a little while ago that um, the Swedish police raided their office with a search warrant and they got nothing. Um, Molvad said that, quote, on April 18, at least six police officers from the National Operations Department, the NOA, of the Swedish police visited the Molvad VPN office in Gothenburg with a search warrant. They intended to seize computers with customer data. Now, they said to the, um, the officers, well, if you take away our stuff, you will violate Swedish law because the company's policies clearly state that no user data is collected or hosted anywhere. You might recall I said a little a little earlier on that if a system can be designed so that it's not collecting information about you, I zero knowledge, then that's the best kind to have. You can um, pay Mulvad VPN with cold hard cash. You can post New Zealand currency um, in the mail to them and you can pay for it that way if you wish. Um, you can also use um, Monero cryptocurrency to pay for it as, as well. So the fact that um, in their 14 years of operation, this is the first time anyone's ever kicked in their door and they've said, sorry. <laughs> You're asking for information we simply don't collect. Um, have a nice day. Okay, they must have worked out that there were some people of interest who were using that service. That service potentially e- either that or they were, you know, trying to do the honeypot thing. Could be the honeypot thing. Could be the fact that you know they were just trying to make an example out of somebody. Um, there's, there's that as well. Um, so, you know, the fact that. They've been put to the test, passed the said test, um, is is a tick in the box. Um, in the trust uh, box. In the in the trust box, in my view. 
some sometimes people um you know as an alternative to a vpn might use uh tor t-o-r this is called the onion router um this has yeah. a lot of flack um what's the origin of that word is that in the urban dictionary yeah, it should be. I uh, can't say I've got a copy, but yeah, the onion router. And think of it as like, as they say in Shrek, ogres. Ogres have layers. So the way it works when you're using the Tor browser, you go to a website because it's a modified um, Firefox web browser, and you can go and get yourself a copy at the website www.torproject.org. And when you run it, you go to a website, it looks like a regular browser. People give it flack because, oh, it gets you into the scary dark web and all that kind of stuff. But the way it works, you go to a website, so your web browser gets into the Tor network, goes to the first hop, and then the first hop then talks to a second hop, a medium one, and then the medium one talks to a third one, and then the third one talks to the destination website you're trying to get to. Now, uh, the third hop only knows about the website you're going to plus the second hop, the one in front of it. All right, I get it. It doesn't know about hop number one, and it doesn't know about you. Hop number two only knows about um, hop number one, doesn't know about you. Yeah. So through layers of segregation, you are um, removed from a direct connection. Um. So people have to work out, have to come up with these things, don't they? They have to work this out and come up with ways of doing that. That's that's a very smart way too. Well, you know what? Um, People, um, for the wrong reasons, think that um, the Tor browser and the Tor network um, is a nasty, nasty thing. Um, Right. Because it gets you onto the, um, you know, the only cyber criminals you know use this kind of thing um well here's a fun fact Uh, the tour network was largely funded by the u.s department of defense and the navy why to protect national interests okay (laughs) and all right and the um you know back on the on the cyber criminal thing you know only three percent of people who use the tour network are doing you know, bad stuff. And you want to have a guess for what the most popular website that's accessed through Tor is? Tell me. Tell us. Facebook. Ah, there you go. Since 2016, over 1 million people a month access Facebook through the Tor network. Uh Aha. Okay. Well, that's pretty mainstream. And that's at the request of Facebook users. So, you can you can get to Facebook through the Tor network by going instead of going to Facebook.com, you go to Facebook.onion. Right. Yeah. Onion as in the vegetable that I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. And that's creates a detachment from what you'd have if you just went straight into the Facebook yes. website. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Facebook still know that it's you because you've logged in. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the, the thing with using Tor is that Tor traffic can be detected. It's quite a lot slower than using a VPN. Um, it's sort of subject to privacy depending on how you look at it because um, with effort, you can be de-anonymized um, and identified by using the, the Tor network. So um, 
I mean, it's free to use compared to, you know, paying for a VPN such as Nord or Mulvad or even um, uh, ExpressVPN or Surfshark or a couple of others. Um, yeah, how much how, how much slower or more or less efficient it, is it? It's 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 noticeable. Um is quite noticeable. Okay. Yeah, but it's easy, right? It is easier. It, it, it is easy. Like um you uh the last time I tried, you couldn't, for example, go to Air New Zealand's website to try and buy a ticket because their website says, sorry, can't use tour. And that's that's that was it. I was like, oh, okay. Because it's uh, the the nasty dwellers in there. Well, that's that what? That's you think they want to sell an air ticket to anyone? Yeah. Well, you think so? Um, so they must think that you know only naughty people use the tour network, which is um, completely utterly false. It's just people that want to do stuff privately and securely. Yeah, and that's fair enough. All right. That's interesting. VPNs, I think uh, most people conceive of them as being able to watch websites that aren't, or, or content, let's say, that's yes. not necessarily available here, that they can sort of um, fudge it and, you know, access um, some of the overseas, what, video sites and things like that yeah. um, that, that won't awesome. let you sign up outside yeah. the country. You can do it that way because it th- thinks you're in, in, the, in that zone. Yes, it thinks you're geographically there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very truthful, though, is it? Well, no, but... <laughs> not very honest. <laughs> that's the nature of the system. Well, fair enough. I mean, and I think that problem exists in the first place because of licensing. You know, you're not licensed to show this TV show in this country because um, for whatever reason. So that kind of brings to light a completely different problem that if they had addressed you know, issues around copyright to make it a bit easier, then people wouldn't have to invent these workarounds in the first place. Well, I guess if you own it, it's yours. You can do whatever you like with it. That's the whole, yeah. the whole point of um, of personal property. Okay, intellectual property. All right, so that's quite a bit to go on. You'll get some questions about this. You know that. Yeah, that's all right. It's what we're here for. We'll get some incoming and... Hopefully it won't be too long before you put that blog in place. I think they can work on things pretty quick behind the scenes. So yeah. maybe uh, some of the uh, points from last week and this program and subsequent programs will be up there. Yes. I think I think that will be quite a popular thing, actually. Well, I, I've, um, I think I talked about it last time um, when people were asking about a template letter to write to whoever about surveillance cameras. So Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I've written it. Um, and it's being passed on to the the legal um, hub team who will um, scrutinise it and, you know, add or suggest things. So um, when that's ready, that'll be made available. That means we've got our best people onto it, Stephen. Pretty much. I mean, if it's going to be useful, it's, it's you know, a second pair of eyes or a third pair of eyes to, you know, scrutinise things um, can't be a bad thing. Nope. So inbox at realitycheck.radio if you want to make contact. And we might even have to move to having a specific address. We'll just see how we go, eh? And we'll sort of evolve it as we go. But uh, that's uh, where you can send your um, inquiries. Of course, we take texts, but that gets a bit more messy, let's say. Keep it to the email. And you've had great advice on on what emails to use, too, to do that already in this program. All right. Is that about it for this week and Tech Tuesday? 
Yep, I, I think that'll make a few hits swell. Yep, okay. Well, uh, you've got me worried. Well, yeah, you did get me worried about Gmail. I, yeah, think well, you, I think you might have pushed me over the edge on that one. I don't like the idea. I mean, I know that they can put profiles and stuff together, the AI's looking, but to read it so specifically and everything. Yeah. yeah so does that mean you owe me 10 bucks now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Odyssey box system. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, Stephen, good to catch up again. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Tuesday on Tech Tuesday here at RCR. Sounds good. See you then. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.